Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. Been inviting in general election candidates uh, and uh, right now we have the latest of those general election debates and we will podcast all of them at live95.ie from the Limerick Today show and also from In the County with Trevor Anderson on Saturday mornings. Uh, we're in the Limerick County constituency uh, this morning and joining us uh, Fine Gael's Patrick O'Donovan uh, Minister of uh, State uh, Fianna Fáil TD Niall Collins and Sinn Féin's Shane O'Kealig and you're both very, uh, the three of you are very welcome gentlemen first of all Um, and let me ask you about something that we have got a lot of feedback on and maybe it'll surprise you, maybe it won't, it's posters the value of posters some of the strange things that have been going on with posters, I saw it myself where posters were pointed the photographs at fields so you couldn't see them and all kinds of crazy nonsense that goes on around posters. What's the point of posters, Niall? Well, I I suppose it has been a traditional feature of Irish elections over the years. There is um, a growing debate and a movement out there to ban posters. Um, It's something that I'd be personally in favour of, but I think um, we will see it coming in in the next election, or if not the the second next election. But they do create awareness, um, and we often get criticised that uh, people feel disconnected from their politicians, that they don't know them, um, we often get criticised also for, for leaflets and, uh, you know, we have to engage with the electors. We have to inform them about our policies, about our stance, uh, that we're standing for election. Um, not everybody's on social media. So I, I think there, there is an important messaging. It does create an awareness. But yes, there is uh, a huge environmental issue in relation to it. And um, I, I, I think that certainly uh, the public... Uh, if you don't have posters, uh, they, they certainly will miss you. Uh, and, and I know, like my colleague, for example, Councillor Michael Collins has decided uh, to have a poster-free campaign and he, he spearheaded that as part of the Newcastle West electoral area local elections. And he will get a, a degree of uh, publicity and awareness for taking that stance because it's different to everybody else. But certainly, um, I think, ultimately, it does create awareness, particularly with young people, Joe. I find going around... Um, that young people engage with you, they say, I saw your poster, uh, you know, and they look at it, they're, they're creative from that point of view, but there is the environmental issue. Shane? Um, I suppose our general election convention was actually a couple of days after this snap election was called, so our posters weren't up straight away, and I got a lot of people asking, was I the candidate because I was the sole person contesting the convention? Um because there was no posters up, they, people were asking myself and party members who was the candidate. So that's shown that there is a certain need for them. Um, now, I've limited my posters to 200 of my own posters and we have 100 um, Sinn Féin posters as well. There's no need to have one on every single lamppost, but it's important to have some there um, in each town and village and each road. But uh, I would be open to the idea of banning posters altogether um, because it needs to be a level playing field that either everyone has posters and no one has posters so that everyone uh, is at the same position. Do politicians believe that it helps them get elected? Well, it certainly gets the name out there, um, as I found in this campaign, uh, due to the late start in it. Um, so, I mean, if no one, though, had posters, if no posters were completely banned altogether, then 
there would have to be different sources um, for people to find out, you know, going online, go checking the local papers, the local radio. Um, so, I mean, just because there'd be no posters doesn't mean that there wouldn't be other forms of communications there as well. Patrick? Yeah, well, look, I suppose... Um I'm I'm in favour of them while they're there. Um, I recycle mine, so you probably see some odd ones around the county where I look a bit different than I, than I do now. I look a lot younger. Um, I have another problem though. Mine are being taken down. Um, so um, whoever's taking them down, the election isn't over yet. You not you don't need to take them down yet. But on a serious point, like I think that when, once they're up, they should be left alone. And like it's the third election now where mine are being. I, literally, I had a situation the other night in Kiltealy where four posters were up, and the following morning the lads had to put them up went out to find them gone. So they're part of the process though and until they're not part of the process I think it's about awareness and it's about especially in terms of transfers as well. This constituency is enormous and we were just talking about it before we came in. If you set out as as a person who's not in politics um, to go from Kilbehany to, to Glynn and from uh, Mount Collins over to Oula, it is, it's massive and it's a rabbit warren of roads in a very uh, dispersed population. So people want to see who's standing for election and one of the ways is the poster. Well, can I just say, I mean, the point that Patrick makes there, and we're not going to point any fingers at any individuals at all, but there does seem to be a lot of nonsense that goes on around posters during election campaigns. You know, it seems to bring out the silly slash maybe the worst in people. Yeah, absolutely. I've always said that uh, elections and politics brings out the best in people and the worst in some Mm. people, unfortunately. And and I think we'd all agree with that. And I would say that with a lot of regret. And I've had lots of messing with my posters over various elections. I have a couple of posters that have gone missing Kilmallock. Councillor Michael Donegan rang me the other day. He said, you know, where a number of posters were in front of Beach and his garage have now disappeared completely. It happens every election. And there's another aspect to it, which I think is particularly sinister, which happens, um, it has happened to me and I'm sure it has happened to others. When the election is over uh, and when, when you have all your posters collected, they start reappearing. So you have people out there who put them back up trying to get you a litter find. Yeah. Oh, yes. You know, so like, but I, I really, Joe, be, between, between leaflets and posters, I, I think you, you have to have it to make uh, people aware of who you are and what you stand for. Um, I met a lady yesterday when I was canvassing who was new to Limerick. She refused to take my canvas card. She said, I don't want it for environmental reasons. Mm. And then she said, but who are you and where are you from? And I said, well, with respect, if you read my canvas card, you, you would be able to read, you know, read, read about me. But, but, you know, so these are the type of issues. These are the challenges as candidates. And for new candidates, just to say, make the point about having a level playing pitch. When the doll dissolves, we all go off salary and all that kind of stuff. Like, we're, we're just, we're all standing for re-election on a level playing pitch. And I think for new people to try, and we're trying to get new people and women into politics, uh, there has to be a level playing pitch. Um, so how, we, how if we ban posters, how we would allow people yeah. to have, you know, a recognition oh, okay. and, to, and to build themselves up. I, I want to move on to other subjects, is, but, is a challenge. but I want to give Shane another opportunity here. And Shane, the point of the messing that goes on with opponents' posters. Yeah, I mean, like my colleagues here, like, you know, I've had it happen myself. I don't think there's any candidate in any election that doesn't experience posters going missing and appearing back um, on polls. Sometimes they were never even on in the first place. Um, so completely condemn that. And, and and the other thing we've got some complaints about is um, when posters are put up, the positioning of them in front of traffic signs or, you know, uh, obstructing the view of motorists. We, we, this is some of the things that people have been saying to us. Yeah, um, I suppose some people I know, uh, my own team, 
Uh, they're not professionals. They're or the members who do their best to help out, and <coughs> obviously there are mistakes that are made um, in terms of putting them up, um, perhaps in the wrong places. Yeah, sorry, and, and so this, that isn't directed at you. In fairness, yeah, it yeah. was it was just general, general comments yeah. coming coming in mm. about posters, you know, and and people seeing them. Okay, uh, we are talking this morning to Shane O'Callig of Sinn Fein, Patrick O'Donovan of Fine Gael, and Niall Collins of Fianna Fáil, all standing in the general election in the Limerick County constituency, and this leads us in uh, to. Uh, this question uh, from Searsha. This government has spent billions of euro on making broadband faster, millions on gambling such as greyhound races. Will you ensure that the majority of money goes towards what should be our number one priority as Ireland, which is climate change? On that one, Patrick. Well, I, I don't make any apology for, for spending many, millions of euro on broadband. I come from a very rural part of Limerick and, um, you know, I'm the furthest west, I suppose, in the town of Newcastle West. We have a lot of communities across the county, in the east and south of the county as well, who have no access to broadband. So a person that's, you know, referencing uh, what we're spending on broadband, is about 83 million euros that the National Broadband Plan is going to cost for about 20,000 houses across the county. And these are dispersed, as we said at the start. So the National Broadband Plan is taking up really the flack of what was left over pretty much after the privatisation of Aircom where we don't own the asset anymore so we have to do something about it and I've discussed this here with you so the person that's living in a, in an isolated rural location say in Herbertstown they should be treated no different to a person in Carberley the problem is that nobody's going to take the fibre to the house so the state had to intervene we had the national broadband plan competition and now we're rolling it out and I'm glad to see that other parties that are contesting the election are not going to ditch the broadband plan but on the climate change question that Saoirse asked Climate change is one of the biggest problems facing the world. It's not just facing County Limerick. And we've, we have set out our agenda in relation to where we believe the greatest asset can be made in the county. And the greatest asset we have in the county is our land base. We've, we've said over the last number of years that we want to increase, for instance, the amount of forestry that we're, that we're growing and use our pasture land, engage with our farmers through things like rips uh, and all of the roadside ditches that are there at the moment to see if the maximum amount of carbon dioxide we can take out of the atmosphere. Climate change is going to affect us all and no one has a monopoly on it. But we also have to be realistic in our approach and to be quite frank Joe, some of the suggestions that have been thrown around, particularly as it uh, attaches to rural dwellers and farmers are quite frankly off of the wall for instance, me or you uh, in Kildaimo or Glynn uh, having to share a car uh, you know these sorts of suggestions are that we're all going to all of a sudden get on a bicycle in a rural location that's not going to be sustainable nor is culling the national herd where we're going to try and maintain uh, an, e- an economic sustainability for our farmers in rural areas Chain. Yeah, um, first of all, just to point out uh, about the greyhound industry, I'd uh, be a big fan, fan of the dogs. Um, I'd go to the track out the road there. Um, and the tax that is being referred to is a self-generating tax through betting levies, so it's not uh, an expense. Uh, it has for- taken a lot of criticism, though, hasn't it, as an industry in recent months? Um, I suppose it has taken criticism um, and it's only rightly so that you criticise uh, people who treat dogs in the way we see in the RT investigates but that's a very small minority, very small. I know a lot of people who treat their dogs extremely well um, and there was no mention of them uh, throughout the programme. And so, on climate change, the question Saoirse was asking directly? Yeah, on climate change I think we definitely need to invest in it. Um, we need to look at small scale as well as large scale so we need to look at Family farms, you need to look at uh, houses with half an acre, an acre site in them, where you could introduce a small-scale energy scheme to allow these people to power their own homes, whether it be through wind energy, solar panels, um, to encourage that. And as well, we need to 
remember that climate change is not an excuse to slap a tax on already hardly pressed workers in forms of a carbon tax. If anyone should be taxed, it should be the major polluters, uh, not ordinary people and ordinary farmers. Nine Collins? Uh, yeah, just a couple of issues which were raised there. For, first of all, in relation to animal welfare and the greyhound industry, um, I've been an avid supporter of the greyhound industry over the years. My father worked in the greyhound industry. The greyhound industry has let itself down. Some people, unfortunately, within the greyhound industry, we saw the, the RTE primetime investigates, there are serious animal welfare issues there. And I have been a strong advocate of animal welfare. Yes, I voted for the horse and greyhound fund in Dáil Éireann, as did my party uh, and others. But... I would be a strong proponent of saying in future that that horse and greyhound fund, there should be a proportion of that um, earmarked and ring-fenced for our animal welfare organisations, like Limic Animal Welfare, who have a fabulous uh, facility in Kilfinnan, who have to go into court to try and defend themselves against the, the city and county council who are demanding and taking them to court for rates. These organisations, there's the Deal Animal Action Group, they do great work and they are volunteers and they deserve a little bit of state support and a little bit of backup. And I think, you know, I want to be a strong, a strong, remain a strong advocate for them to ensure that they can get some kind of reasonable funding. But on funding. climate change? On climate change. I, I think, first of all, uh, we have to stop the narrative <clears throat> which is coming from some sectors in relation to farmer bashing. Mm. Uh, the fact that uh, about 35% of our carbon output comes from farming, that can be managed. And my party leader, Michal Martin, last night, I, I think... Put it very, very succinctly. We're not for reducing the national herd. We want to give, uh, for example, farmers, suckler farmers, a €200 Euro payment. And let farmers, uh, let the state come forward with schemes that will allow farmers to use their assets, their land, uh, to have uh, climate change but, but initiatives and give them a payment for it. You can't just expect uh, the farmers to, to reduce their national herd and to not give them a, a viable but, but option in terms of working. But do you certainly uh, a train of thought within the climate change movement movement is the reduction or elimination of the eating of meat by humans. No, I don't agree with that. I mean, but, but it is a train of thought, is what I'm saying. Well, well, there are some people out there who are promoting veganism. I mean, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be my uh, cup of tea, or it wouldn't be my personal choice. But look, we are a serious uh, food producing nation. Our farmers produce grade, top grade quality food for export, and I think we have to invest and back our farmers. I think our farmers have been uh, really, really on the back foot over the last number of uh, months and years. And the government needs the next government needs to recognise this and invest in our farmers and in our young people. Accepting, though, that they have a role in climate Absolutely. Well, change. Farmers, farmers are the custodians of the countryside, Joe. We have 4,500 farm families across Limerick, across County Limerick. They are a significant uh, part of every community and of our economy. Now, there was just one other item I Very briefly which, which was mentioned. I and uh, uh, if I heard it correctly, it is gambling. Gambling is a huge blight um, on lots of uh, people who are vulnerable in Ireland. And the next government, and we have it committed in our election manifesto, is the introduction of a gambling regulator. We have a uh, proliferation of so many different t- forms of gambling and platforms which is completely unregulated and vulnerable people are beginning trapped into this and it is leading to a lot of issues okay. in terms of uh, social deprivation. Patrick Zanneman. Yeah, just in relation to, I suppose, a number of things. First of all, um, uh, in relation to the importance of the food industry, we have grown the, the beef export uh, business across uh, the last number of years and one of the 
things that would concern me, for instance, is some parties' proposals in relation to live cattle exports. We want to grow that. We've doubled it, uh, and we want to grow it even further. 300,000 last year, and we want to grow it further because we believe in the maintaining of the national herd because the beef sector is so important uh, to our rural communities. But it's not only that. It's also about me looking at a market like China, which is high dependence and high uh, desire for protein. There's a, a baby food manufacturing company just out the road, White Nutritionals, and they're producing thousands of tonnes uh, of infant formula every year from the dairy sector in this country. Now, the dairy sector as well also needs to be, I suppose, protected. And in our manifesto, we have said that they're going to have um, challenges into the future, particularly around the areas of capital investment. We've done it before in, in TAMS uh, and in other schemes. We want to increase that. And we've also done it in relation to, for instance, um, farm partnerships, young farmers' tax rollover release and others and I'm in the Department of Finance have dealt with the uh, farming organisations and to be fair over the last number of years the cuts that were introduced by a previous government have all been rolled back and we're now seeing the support whether it is through BEAM scheme which we put 120 right. million euros into last year or other schemes. Okay. One final point Joe we're coming up to a CAP negotiation, the Common Agricultural Policy negotiation, and the future of Irish farming is going to be absolutely critical in that because the United Kingdom has dropped out. It's one of the biggest payers into the CAP budget. And there's already noises coming from some countries that they want CAP to be reduced. This is why the next government is going to be so important in terms of experience of negotiation at EU level to make sure that the CAP budget for ordinary fam- farming families across okay. Council America is maintained. Shane. Do you have any more to add on this one before I move on? I just want to give you that opportunity. Yeah, no, I suppose um, I'd agree with a lot of what has been said. Um, Sinn Féin also has a plan to roll out a €200 Euro payment for suckler cows in the first 15 um, in order to support our farmers. Um, and in terms of the veganism, um, I'd much prefer to buy a local steak from a local butcher's that hasn't travelled halfway around the world like coconuts or avocados because when people look at the agriculture emissions in Ireland... We look at the what's here. We don't look at the transport, which is only down the road half the time. Whereas when you look at uh, fruits and vegetables that are less carbon intensive when making them, the carbon that's spent on actually flying them across the world into Ireland, uh, we need to support our local, uh, whether it's fruit, veg, beef, we need to support our local producers. Can I, just avocados. Make, can I just make one quick point, Joe, in relation to... to very brief, because I want to move on to Absolutely. This. And I think it's important, and I, with so many farmers across the Limerick County constituency will be impacted by the new uh, Limerick Defines Road. It, it is a, a key commitment in our election manifesto that the capital gains tax rate of... Uh, the rate of capital gains tax will be cut from 33% to 25%. That will uh, help uh, significantly a lot of impacted farmers along the proposed route okay. for Limerick Defines. L- l- let me talk about something uh, slightly different, and that is, uh, Patrick O'Donovan, you were a Minister of State in the outgoing government um, at the Department of Finance, as you pointed out. Niall Collins, you were on the front bench uh, for Fianna Fáil for uh, most of uh, their time in uh, opposition or through confidence and supply. Um, and Simple question. We did not have a voice at the cabinet table in Limerick uh, during the last government. Um, You were the senior uh, government politician, Patrick. Uh, Niall, you were in a particular position. Um, The vote gate um, situation has actually fallen because when the doll dissolved, the inquiry into it went with it, something that maybe people aren't aware, but that's the position. So, Put simply, based on the fact that the numbers would suggest one of your parties will be in government, will we have a seat around the cabinet table, one of you or one of your colleagues 
in one of the two Limerick constituencies or will we be ignored? Well, Joe, first of all, um, Michael Noonan maintained the position of a cabinet minister up until uh, the new government came in, and then I was the only remaining minister in the constituency of Limerick County. <coughs> but I would say in that period of time, since 2016, I've used that position uh, very effectively to deliver projects into County Limerick, and critically in the National Development Plan. There was, I suppose, uncertainty in relation to two projects, the M20, the Limerick Defines Motorway, and as well as that, the Abbey Field and Newcastle West Relief Roads. And I've been on this programme before with you, and you've asked me the very same questions in relation to being a Minister of State. A Minister of State has the very same access to colleagues who are members of the Cabinet as members of the Cabinet do. And I mean the most important... There is the single listener who believes, Patrick. There isn't a listener who believes this morning that a senior Cabinet position around the table is the equivalent of a Minister of State. I didn't say that. That's not the question I had asked you either. But I'm going to answer the question as well, if you let me. I'm also a Minister of State in the most important department in government, which is the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform. Every single decision of government... That's outgoing. What I'm asking about is the next government. And if you're asking me... If I'm re-elected, which I hope the people of County Limerick re-elect me, and I'm the most experienced politician in County Limerick, having been a Minister of State, then yes, I would hope that if we're in government, that I'd be sitting at the Cabinet table. And I make no apology for saying that. Niall, the Votegate controversy. Mm -hmm. Has that put you in a position where you were likely to be a, a senior minister in the next government if Fianna Fáil was in? Are you still likely to be in that instance? Very much so. I think Michal Martin has been, that question has been put to my party leader on a number, <coughs> excuse me, on a number of occasions and he has said uh, he hasn't ruled anybody in or anybody out of cabinet, myself included. He has been asked to uh, name his uh, cabinet in advance of the election and he said under no circumstances would he take the electorate for granted. He's not second, he's not uh, taking it for granted himself that he will be Taoiseach. Obviously, he is offering himself for, to be Taoiseach and we are seeking to lead the government. But under no circumstances in advance of an election does anybody uh, pre-select their cabinet. That would be insulting uh, to the electorate and taking the electorate for granted. Of course I want to be a minister in government. Of course I want to be a cabinet minister. Of course I want to represent Limerick and the Midwest. And it and, matters. Uh, You'd accept uh, it of matters. Of course it matters. Uh, and I think, uh, I think it's vital that Limerick and the Midwest is represented at the cabinet table. It does matter. And I think I think, Joe, that is a question that you need to be putting to Hall Martin and to the, other, to the other party leaders when, when you get them into this studio. Don't but, you worry. But well, think, it's think interesting. Every, I, I think I, of all the three I, of us it's here... It's funny you should say that, Niall, because I, I, so far they haven't been rushing all, into this all, studio. All, all three of us um, here, the, the, uh, the government, uh, Shane O'Kelly, uh, or myself other leaders. And, and Patrick O'Donovan would, you, you, all, would, 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 yeah. all, would all sit in cabinet yeah, but it's and would all offer ourselves and want to party leaders. We haven't seen them come in here yet. I wonder why. Shane O'Kelly... Yeah, obviously um, Sinn Féin wants to get the maximum number of seats possible and if a ministerial position will come up, I'd be more than happy to take it. We have to take it, but like, what I'm saying is, and this is about Limerick, you know, it's almost about Team Limerick as much as anything else. You know, what are the prospects of, if it isn't you, if it's somebody else, in the obviously there's a current TD in the Limerick City constituency in Morris Quinlevin, would we have a voice around the Cabinet table? Well, Morris Quinlevin is a business spokesperson for Sinn Féin and... Um, I believe in people having experience in their ministerial roles um, outside of politics as well. I'd have experience in my qualifications in history in Gaelga, my experience as a teacher and exam corrector, and I would consider uh, education minister would be a position um, that would suit me. Okay, before we go to the break, um, and you know, I'm going to ask for a straight answer on this one. Um, Straight up, in your knocking on doors, in talking to uh, people uh, around the constituency, 
Did the vote gate con- controversy come up so far? Not once. Uh, came up with me uh, a small number of times because they addressed it to me because I was a person who was involved in the, in the middle of a controversy. Which, uh, and I just want to say, Joe, other people voted for other people in the doll. I mistakenly voted for Timmy Dooley in the belief that he was up the back of the chamber. And I explained myself and I apologised for it. No, it hasn't come up with me, Joe. Okay. All right. We're talking to Patrick O'Donovan, to Niall Collins and to Shane O'Callagh. They are standing in the Limerick County constituency. And we'll have more questions from you after this short break. Middle of the general election 2020 campaign, and uh, with us this morning, uh, all standing in the Limerick County constituency, uh, Fianna Fáil uh, TD Niall Collins, uh, Fine Gael uh, TD and outgoing Minister of State Patrick O'Donovan, and Shane O'Callaghan of uh, Sinn Fein. Um, all right, well, let's hear this. We um, met a, a man on O'Connell Street in Limerick, and uh, he had uh, an animated view on the issue of homelessness. I'm waiting for a home for the last 31 years since 1980 and I still can't get nothing off any of the politicians here in Limerick. I went to the whole lot of them. I ride out I let you know what's happening. So I said, what can you expect from a bunch of hypocrites? Be honest. There's no one getting a vote. Not to give me the keys of my own home. And when they give me my home, they not give me a vote. And there's a friend of mine now, he was sick and he's out in the hospital at the moment with cancer. He's have to get an operation in his leg because the leg was broke. And that's all them politicians ever done was sneer. So I have a sneer for all them to get no board, I don't care who they are. You have a minister for health. If you we were back now a few years ago, we had six ministers for health. What did they do? Nothing. They get the trolleys all the hall in the hospital. They do this and they do that. They're a waste of space as far as I'm concerned. Right, well, there's a man who isn't going to vote for anyone, but uh, there are people um, uh, who will be listening this morning trying to decide who to vote for. But he did encapsulate the two big issues, it appears, in the campaign so far, homelessness and health. Shane O'Callaghan. Yeah, these are major issues, and I would encourage listeners not to take the same route as the the man uh, on the clip there in losing all confidence in all politics. I mean, we have many political parties in Ireland with different views, um, not all of us are the same, we're quite different and not voting won't achieve anything um, other than letting someone else make that decision for you. So I'd encourage people, no matter who you're voting for, use your vote. It was hard fought for, hard won and come out in February 8 and vote. In terms of health and housing, um, they're called a crisis but it doesn't seem to be the actions of addressing a crisis. Um, we need to see major action to deal with an emergency because emergency times call for emergency measures. We need to see a massive investment in our rural towns and villages, not to just build, but to open up the homes that are there that would cost a fraction of what it costs to build brand new homes. I was in Galbally the other night and there was nearly a dozen houses in a row that you couldn't imagine would take more than 10, 20,000 euro to have them ready to open up for the public. And in terms, yeah. And in dealing with health and dealing with housing, um, has Sinn Féin probably costed what would be required in both those situations? All our all our budget submissions and manifesto, um, which Pierre Stoherty would be in charge of in, as our finance spokesperson, that's fully costed by the Department of Finance. Niall? Yeah, the, the two big issues which come up on the doorstep are, are health, housing and home, housing stroke homelessness. Uh, to deal with housing, like it is shocking, Joe, when you go around uh, County Limerick, and I'm sure it's the same in Limerick City and in every other county. The number of void and vacant local authority homes which just simply aren't being turned around, and a couple of small fixes, and it's integral in our 
uh, election manifesto will give the local authorities the power to turn around those homes uh, so much quicker. A, a local authority house has to be vacant for six months before uh, it be- becomes deemed a void. Then if the local authority wants to refurb it, it has to go up to the Department of Environment in Mayo and go around in a circle. We have uh, asked for this to be streamlined. We have asked that the local authorities be allowed to uh, develop their own housing schemes up to a value of six million. At presently, it's up to a value of two million. Then they have to go to Dublin. It goes through a whole rigmarole of various steps. Uh, we need to simplify our design and delivery of houses here in uh, Limerick and across our local authorities. We need to have a standardised design, not be uh, tendering out every scheme to different architects, coming up with different designs, standardise it so that if we have a site that will take, for example, 10 houses, we have a number of options that the local authority can, can go in and say, this is a prototype design on this site which is suitable for 10 houses. Tender it and get it built. Uh, it's the delivery. It's not the delivery. The delivery isn't uh, being achieved at the moment on, under the current government. And, and if we looked at the debate last night on the television, all the parties are committed to building thousands of houses, and properly so. We're committed to doing it also, and affordable homes under a value of €250,000. So I want to also see first-time buyers helped. We have... Uh, promised to expand the help to buy scheme and also offered an SSIA type scheme where the state will help young couples uh, save the money which they need to get to meet right. the, the, the central uh, bank test. And uh, in relation uh, to health... Yeah, uh, well, because I mean, I, that's absolutely key, just, isn't it? Just you know, that, the emergency department issue especially, but not just. Huge, huge issue. Uh, mm-hmm. We have to hire more doctors, more consultants and more nurses. The, 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 the plain and simple facts uh, of the University of Limerick Hospital at Doyle is it's below the national norm in bed to population ratio. It's below the national norm in, in uh, doctor and nurse to population ratio. And it has fallen down the scale over the years. There has been nobody advocating for it. Uh, so it has to come up to uh, a comparator, uh, a comparator uh, similar to Beaumont Hospital. And in our community, we have to invest in our community in our GP services. Half of County Limerick, Joe, if we keep going at the present uh, rate, will have no GP service. We see the issue, for example, in relation to Shannon Dock, which has been raised, I'm sure, with you. It has been raised with us on the doorstep. So community frontline services, uh, keeping people in our community. We're committed to doing that and to uh, okay. dealing with the fair deal anomaly okay. in relation and, to farmers. Okay. So, I mean, so farmers and farm families right. can, can get access to the fair deal scheme. I mean, pa- Patrick O'Donovan, you know, probably the emblematic issue and the most intractable issue uh, in uh, Limerick over the last number of years has been the emergency department. And it just doesn't appear to have got any better. In fact, the statistics suggest it has got considerably worse. Well, first of all, there's a number of points that were raised there by the, by the person who, who asked the question. I just want to get, get back to them. No matter what area of spending you're looking at, whether it's housing, uh, whether it's health, and we're pouring billions into them, social welfare, agriculture, whatever, you cannot uh, increase spend, you can't increase spending or you can't sustain spending unless you have a sustained economy. And last, the last election when we were here, I'm sure we were all talking about it, was the issue of unemployment. Unemployment has fallen in Limerick from 27,000 down to about 6,000. It's a massive fall. Those people that work are paying tax, and that tax is being used for schemes like the 20,000 or the 10,000 houses that were provided last year for social housing, 7,000 of which were built. They're also 
paying tax for the 17 billion euros, 17,000 million euros that's going into health and we're proposing over the next five years to increase by another 5 billion. Now, anyone that goes out to Dora Dial at the moment, it's not about plans and it's not about uh, schemes, it's not about, it's about cranes and diggers that are out there actually building a 60 bed unit, uh, which is, and Nile is right, there's decades of underinvestment in, in Limerick and what the crux of Limerick's problem is, was the decision to co-locate the A&Es from Nina, Ennis and St John's without one single bed being uh, added to it. In fact, beds were taken out of it. Because it's not that long ago, Joe, and she probably sat in this studio, that the previous Minister for Health was saying that there was going to be two private hospitals in Limerick, one out the Dock Road, one in Adair, neither of which materialised. So Limerick has had a serious problem over the last number of years and we're addressing it. And just in relation to what we're, what we're already doing, we have recruited an additional 4,000 nurses from the time we went into government. There's yeah. a huge amount of recruitment that's already taken place, but one final but, point... But, but, the, but the, the one issue there is that people struggle to see that reality the because the reality at the emergency department is the numbers consistently yeah, go up. One very, one very sens- simple but tangible example out in, in Limerick was we secured an additional MRI unit. Now anyone that's outside in A&E who's waiting for an MRI is in, a, is in a queue that goes on and on and on and the staff are stressed and the staff can only run the existing machine at its capacity. We've put in an extra one. The right. diagnostics will, will, will allow okay. that to be streamlined and, and, and briefly, to faster. Wh- what about housing? Housing, we're spending a huge amount of money in housing as well. We've increased our housing stock. Remember as well, and it's important to point out, when this economy was crashed, not only did we not have money, we didn't have workers. So people are talking about this auction, uh, you know, we've auctioned politics. We're now into auction housing. If you sit down with the Construction Industry Federation or people that are actually working in the industry, they will tell you that an awful lot of the numbers now that have been plucked out of the sky right. above the government's target are um, not reachable because the people are okay. not there. Shane O'Kag, I, I have to give you a chance to respond because it's been in the papers again uh, this morning um, and uh, you see there in the Irish Independent, Sinn Féin TDs have no power, says Padder Tobin, who was formerly in Sinn Féin. He's now the leader of AN2. Um, what's, from your perspective, what is the position? Of course TDs have power. TDs are national legislators. Um, Padder Tobin has been a member of the party for over 30 years and has only gone a wet week and all of a sudden um, everything has changed in that uh, couple of months since the Eighth Amendment referendum when he left the party. Um, so, headline news from Padder Tobin criticising <coughs> Sinn Féin, um, I wouldn't be losing any sleep over that. I know uh, the structure of Sinn Féin. But, but I, contested, look- I contested the Orkorla elections twice. Anyone can stand forward for the Orkorla elections. Um, it's one of the most open and democratic uh, parts. Right, of, uh, but if you look at the two parties represented here today, mm-hmm. right, both of them in other circumstances, would look to the party running third in the polls as a potential coalition partner. Both of them have ruled you out. Why? Because every party rules every other party out before No, they don't like, necessarily. Because that's, 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 that's not what the Taoiseach has said. In fact, he seems to want Fianna Fáil to potentially coalesce with him and they don't seem to want to do that. But we've Fianna ruled Fáil out both parties, Joe. Yeah. Hmm? We've ruled out both parties. Yeah, exactly. On my left and on my right. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it'll all come down to numbers on the 9th of February when we know how many seats there are. Um, I think that's just a part and parcel okay, of... Briefly, um, no. Just very briefly. Michal Mar- I don't agree with Michal Martin on a lot of things, but last night he exposed a very a very scary thing which is that there's an oath essentially as uh, sworn as Sinn Féin representatives that they will be directed no, by just let me finish that no, they will isn't. be directed by people who we don't know no one knows well, but you're, you're denying that Shane of course we, we signed an election pledge um 
That's it's a scary for, election pledge. Wait, 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 it's a scary election pledge. No, I, mean, I don't take direction, Joe, on policy from anybody that's not elected. Yeah. They and are elected. So just, just wait, 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 who, who are they elected by? The members of Sinn Féin. I mean, that's we have an order. The, uh, the old caller, yes. That's not yeah. an elected office. Well, I stood the for election. Joe, can I just? Oh, say, can you explain can how I ended can up I, on the ballot paper finish, twice? Then, if it's not democracy, point. Joe, can I finish my point? It is very scary to think that a group of people who the public don't know, who are Pierre Starty, Owen O'Brien, just let me finish, please. Orla Begley, shouting over me, shouting over me, actually makes nonsense. Shouting over me makes the people at home think that there's something here to hide. The issue here is not only has Padderto been outed this, but other TDs and councillors have outed it as well. But the crux of the issue is there's a special criminal court in this country who put provos into jail and broke the IRA in this state and they did a very good job. Now they need to do a ver- an even better job in gang warfare and a party that does not sign up to that, in my estimation, is okay. not fit for no, government. Yeah, I just, I just want to make the point in relation to what Pat Tobin has said because it was addressed last night to Mary Lou and I think she evaded uh, answering the question. She tried to liken the circumstances to Fianna Fáil and she tried to do so again this morning on national radio. It's not the same. Yes, we have a national executive. Most parties have a national executive which is elected by our membership. But our policy is decided by our parliamentary party who are elected uh, TDs and senators who are elected right. uh, by a democratic process, no. not by an internal no, no, party. To be absolutely and, fair and here, I, no, I, it, I just no, want to make that point here. It's two versus one here, so I want to give the last word well, on Well, I just want to make the point that, yeah, no, that, you that, made the, point. that yeah. the comparison yeah. that, that Mary Lou made to the Fianna Fáil. No, it's true in this debate. No, it's not two against one. Sorry, no. It's one, it's one, one and one. Just because I agree with Niall Collins and this doesn't mean we're ganging up on somebody. Okay. Give me a chance. Yeah, as, as I said, I've contested Yara Corla, which is the national executive, um, but we use Anguilga. Um, that's, but we don't just limit that to TDs and senators. We have an Ardesh and we have an election. When I was a councillor, I contested that twice. It doesn't have to be TDs and senators. Okay. Any member is open uh, to be part of the all leadership right. of well, our party. It's well, not just you, reserved okay. for TDs and senators. Well, you all definitely disagree on that anyway. Well, two of you agree and one of you doesn't, individually, collectively or otherwise. Yes, but um, I'm the one who is actually in the party and right. has actually contested these elections. Okay. Shane O'Callaghan, thank you very much of Sinn Féin, Patrick O'Donovan uh, of Fine Gael and Niall Collins of Fianna <coughs> Fáil, all standing in the Limerick County constituency in general election 2020. Call Limerick today now on 461995.